Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life, and that's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully, so you can be confident that you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com. And thanks to Audible for supporting Rule Breaker Investing. For a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial, go to audible.com. Fool, or just text Fool to 500 500. It's the Rule Breaker Investing Podcast with Motley Fool co founder David Gardner. All right, welcome back to Rule Breaker Investing. Hey, how about that stock market? It's been an interesting last week. A week ago, I think I hit an all time high for my portfolio. You might have done the same for yours. We talked about that, how amazing the market had been. And one week later, for at least my portfolio, if I'm any kind of a bogey for you, I was down 8% from Monday to Monday. So I'm taping this on Tuesday amidst volatile markets. Uh, So it was a very bad week. But let's be clear one bad week is not a bear market. Uh, This is nothing compared to what a bear market sometimes can be or feel like. So I don't think that you should start hunkering down or think that. The worst is past, or anything like that. I make no promises or predictions about the performance of the overall market going forward. I I never do that. I think you know that on this show. I don't think it's worth doing. Um, I will say when the stock market hits big headlines, it's usually negative. It's usually the market's going down. That's why I tweeted out one of my favorite quotes a day or two ago. Stocks always go down faster than they go up, but they always go up more than they go down. I'll say that again. Stocks always go down faster than they go up, but they always go up more than they go down. You have to hold both of those seemingly opposed thoughts in your head to survive bull markets and bear. People can make bad decisions in both of them, over-speculating in bull markets or failing to keep buying in bear markets. We don't do that as rule breakers. You and I, we're committed regularly to investing in the market. So, what I would suggest that you do is that you should buy some stock this week. And I was thinking the same last week and the week before. For a lot of us, we can't do it every week. Maybe we're getting a paycheck every two weeks. But how about every two weeks? Good markets and bad. I don't care where the Dow has been or where it will be going. Just buy. And keep adding to the great companies that we talk about here on this podcast and in my services, Motley Fool Stock Advisor and Motley Fool Rule Breakers. I'll mention, I think we're running a special on Stock Advisor right now. Last week, I hit a new high water mark. The average return of the stocks that I've picked in Motley Fool Stock Advisor tipped over 500%. So I think it's called something like the DG500 Celebration. And if you're not already a Motley Fool Stock Advisor member, maybe Google that or call our member services, sign up because Motley Fool Stock Advisor is a tremendous service, and so is Rule Breakers. And I think the key to these services is that we keep recommending stocks every single month. And it's just setting the right rhythm of investing. All right, well, speaking of stocks, I'm picking stocks this podcast. It's perfect timing, I think, because I'd already mentioned to you last week we were going to pick a five-stock sampler, five stocks going forward this week. But what fun, in a sense, that it's happening as the markets are volatile and have made a significant drop over the last week. But I'm not just picking stocks this week. I'm also reviewing a five-stock sampler that I picked two years ago this week. And ironically enough, the name of that five-stock sampler 
two years ago. You can go back and listen to it. This name was picked by my producer, Rick Engdahl. I had a different name for it, but Rick put this name on, and it's so perfect now, looking backwards two years later. Five Stocks to Feed the Bear. Five Stocks to Feed the Bear. So, we're going to review in a little bit. We're going to review those five stocks, see how they've done before picking five new ones. Now, one bookkeeping note before we get to it. And you can file this one under Dave is a small f fool. Quite a lot of the time, actually. And this makes me chuckle. I know it makes her chuckle as well, what I'm about to share with you. But last week on our mailbag, my biggest fan in the world, self-proclaimed, who I was calling Gum, a name that was spelled J-U-M-M, and my correspondent who wrote it in the mailbag, and I shared it with you last week, my correspondent tried to explain how the name was pronounced. And so, as I spoke to my, quote, biggest fan, end quote, in the world last week, not only was I constantly mispronouncing Jum as Gum, because sure enough, the name is Jum, but I was also saying he, when as it turns out, Jum is a she. So, when you make mistakes, it's awfully nice, isn't it, when somebody else comes along and picks you up off the floor. And so, I received this note helping me out this week from Jum. It reads like this, David, thank you so very much for answering and responding to my mailbag. I'm writing this message to you because I think I failed at introducing myself to you properly. I know after you read this, you would feel bad, but please do not. I am smiling as I type this. Knowing you, the man with quotes, extreme ownership, you would feel bad for mispronouncing my name. But I take full responsibility for not being clear in my previous email. My name is J-U-M-M, and you do say it with the J sound. When I told you that it sounds like gum, I referred to the vowel sounds of the uh part of it. See, people always say my name with the oo, like joom. So, I just thought I would let you know it's not joom, it's jum. More importantly, I failed to let you know that I am one of your female listeners. I didn't realize you called me a he until I listened to the episode the second time. I was too excited to hear you read my email out loud, lol. Stocks and investing are somewhat perceived as male-dominated areas, I think you would be happy to know that you have female listeners and investors out there as well. Thank you again for taking the time to read my email. Looking forward to more amazing episodes of Rule Breakers. Signed, Jum, who was once, maybe still is, I don't know, but was once, anyway, my biggest fan. All right, without further ado, let's strap ourselves into the Wayback Machine. Two years ago, the podcast was published February 10, 2016. At the time, I listened again to it. At the time, I was saying we're six months into a bear market, which was probably news to a lot of people and funny to look back on because from August 2015 to February 2016, my portfolio had dropped 25%. I don't know about yours. But that definitely, that's a really bad six months. So I always smile when I hear people say, we haven't had a bear market. There's bull market been going for eight or nine years or whatever, because I can assure you, my fellow fools, you were with me listening to my podcast back then. Some of you, you'll remember that my portfolio, maybe yours, had lost a quarter of its value in six months. Stocks like Apple, Amazon, and Disney, all three of those companies had lost more than 20% of their value in the previous three months. And it was that very week, two years ago, that I picked five stocks. In fact, I was using this phrase, I was saying, so let's pick stocks right into the teeth 
of this bear market. And there were two traits that we were focused on with the five stocks. The first was stocks with low risk ratings, lower risk companies. That always feels good going into a bear market to have lower risk companies in your portfolio. All of these companies had risk ratings of five or six. And if you're a longtime listener, you know that we do risk ratings. I've done a series here in this podcast about our Motley Fool risk ratings. And so I was intentionally picking five and six. That's a very low number on our zero to 25 point scale, where higher is riskier. So five and six are among the safest stocks that I think you can find. I should mention that our definition of risk, which isn't always a traditional one, our definition of risk is the chances that if you hold this company for a significant amount of time, that you would lose a significant amount of your capital. That's how I think of risk. That's the risk I'm trying to avoid. So when I'm picking stocks that are at a five or six, we're saying there's a very low risk chance of that. Now, the second trait, in addition to low risk that we picked, and it kind of fights against the first trait, is that I was looking at small companies. So, all of these companies had market caps from $1 to $5 billion. Now, usually, bigger companies are safer. They're the unsinkable Molly Browns of the investment world. Companies like, let's say, Apple, Amazon, and Disney, which I just mentioned to you had dropped 20% the previous three months before I did that podcast two years ago. But usually those companies are safer bets. So to pick lower risk companies that are small, that's a very interesting set. And what I was saying two years ago is that since the stock market had performed so badly, often these kinds of companies can snap back faster and better from smaller market caps than the big dogs. And so those were the two traits that I was picking toward. And now we're going to review, two years later, how they've done. I should first mention that I did review their performance last year. So one year ago today on this podcast, I went over it and they were doing really well. In fact, their average performance was up 51% in that year following versus the market, which had also been very strong, up 25%. So pretty awesome. Those five stocks up 51% on average versus the market's 25. So we give ourselves a plus 26 in the win column for the average market beating power of those stocks. So let's fast forward one more year and see how things are going. First one up is Carter's. The ticker symbol is CRI. Carter's is the kids' apparel brand. And when I reviewed the five stocks last year, this is the only one that was down so far. I'm happy to say Carter's has snapped back in the past year. Two years ago, I picked it at 84. Today, it's at 116. That's even after a really bad market week. So, Carter's is up 38%. That's pretty good news. I'm glad that Carter's has come back. At the time I was playing up, it's timeless brand, the way that you can find these clothes offline and online, uh, domestically and internationally. I was playing up, even though it's a small company, the timelessness of its business and brand. The good news is it's up 38%. The bad news is the market now, over the two years, is up 42%. So, after another good market year, Carter's is actually behind the market. So, we have to put one in the loss column here. Carter's up 38, the S&P 500 up 42. That's a minus four. All right, stock number two. Stock number two is IPG Photonics. The ticker symbol is IPGP. Two years ago, the world leader in fiber lasers, which is what IPG Photonics is, with its Russian-born, Russian-American founder, Valentin Kapantsev. Two years ago, the stock was at 80. Really happy to report to you today, the stock, even after a really bad week, is at 235. So, this stock is up 
194%. Pretty good two years for my second favorite stock on this list. So, if it's up 194% since we talked about it on this podcast two years ago, with the market up 42 percentage points in the meantime, we can give ourselves a plus 152. We've taken a strong lead now over the market with this group. We're at a plus 148 if you're keeping score with me at home. At the time, I was saying that what I liked about IPG, and I still do, is it's a stellar long term performer. It has a strong balance sheet. And I did something when we first recommended it in Motley Fool Rule Breakers about 10 years ago, I did something I rarely do, which is that I picked it, and then it dropped, and then we re-recommended it and bought some more. And any longtime Rule Breaker knows we tend not to add to our losers. However, when you do have a company with an excellent past, which IPG had at the time, and a strong balance sheet, it's okay sometimes to break our rules. We're rule breakers, after all, aren't we? It's okay sometimes to break our rules, and I'm darn glad that we did with IBG Photonics. It has been a monster winner for rule breaker members low these past 10 years. In fact, from that lower position when we re added, it's now a 17 bagger. All right, so let's go next to stock number three. Stock number three is Ellie May. Ticker symbol is ELLI. By the way, all five of these companies remain active recommendations in either Motley Fool Stock Advisor or, or Rule Breakers. If you're a supernova, if you're a Motley Fool supernova member, you'll recognize them all as members of our supernova universe. So they continue to be here years later. Ellie May, two years ago, was at 62. This is a company that, through its Encompass platform, basically serves the mortgage industry, mortgage originators. And in addition to being a leader at what it does, it took its whole business up into the cloud a few years ago, which was really smart. Good thinking ahead on their part. It's also a subscription business, my favorite type of business model, where people re-up from one year to the next if they're happy with you. Ellie Mae, I'm pretty happy with. Stock 62, two years ago, today 87. So that's a nice 40% gain, but I can't be terribly happy with it, because I think you already know the market is up 42 percentage points over the last two years, so Ellie Mae is slightly losing to the market. That's a minus two. That brings our overall return number of plus 148 down to plus 146. Keep up the good work, Ellie Mae. I trust we will beat the market with you over the next few years. All right, stock number four, no lunks. That's the phrase that Planet Fitness has used a lot in order to democratize working out. Now, I don't know that that's an industry that needed to be, in my words, democratized, but if you think about something like Gold's Gym or those more intense gym brands and types of people who go to gyms, Planet Fitness is trying to be the gym for the rest of us. It's certainly been a good stock. Two years ago, it was at 13, as I picked it on this podcast. Today, it's at 31. So, Take the numbers 1, 3, and just transpose them, and you get where Planet Fitness is today. That's a gain of 138%. So, that's been a really good stock. In fact, that's 96 percentage points ahead of the market, which brings us up to a plus 242, a pretty staggeringly great total for these four stocks. Thank you, Planet Fitness. You know, I love democratizing forces in the markets in business, even something like Netflix, I think of in the same vein. Just think about how cheap Netflix is on a monthly basis, especially when you compare it to the cable bill you might have been paying, maybe still are paying. You can see how Netflix has made more and better entertainment more and more affordable, not just domestically, but globally, 
over the last 10 years or so. So, democratizing forces, companies that have a great product and bring it in at a lower price point, these are sometimes some of our best companies. Wait, did I just say the phrase best? Best companies? Best? Good, because we're coming up on the best stock pick that was made. Yep, we're saving the best for last. The fifth stock that I presented two years ago was Mercado Libre. Mercado Libre, the founder-led leader in Latin American e-commerce, one of our longtime rule breaker holdings. This has been a monster stock, and these last two years, I hope you were with me two years ago, and I hope if you didn't already own Mercado Libre, I hope you bought that day. And if you did, you paid $89 a share. Really happy to say, even after a bad market week, the stock is at 348 and a half. So if you're still with me on my running tally, we were at plus 242 before this one, but I'm happy to say that this stock on its own eclipses all of the other four put together. It's a plus 292%. That's exactly 250 points over the market for what is almost this is almost embarrassing how good this list of stocks is. I mean, I have to be laughing a little bit as I share this with you because I'm certainly not this good. I don't think anybody or anyone is this good, but Two years ago, for one week on this podcast, we were this good. Yep, add him up. 242 plus 250 is 292% ahead of the market for these five stocks. That's an average return of 140%, again, with the market up 42 percentage points. So, we're absolutely and utterly destroying the market with our five stocks to feed the bear. Could there be any better advertisement for the stocks that I'm about to pick for you the next five stocks to feed the bear than what you've just heard. I don't think there could be. I hope it doesn't sound like bragging, but we just need to let facts speak for themselves. It was an awesome podcast two years ago. Support for Rule Breaker Investing comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Chances are you're confident when it comes to your work, your hobbies, and your life. Rocket Mortgage gives you that same level of confidence when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com/fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. I want to mention, on a side note, a couple things about Rocket Mortgage. A week ago, I got to attend a luncheon in Washington D.C. to hear from the founder and CEO of Rocket Mortgage, and his name is Dan Gilbert. Now, if you're a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you'll probably also know Dan Gilbert as the owner of your local basketball team. Yep, he writes checks to LeBron James, among other things. A couple more things I learned about Rocket Mortgage from that lunch. Here was a surprise, even to Chris Hill, our leader here at the Motley Fool of All Things podcast. I said, Chris, do you know how big Rocket Mortgage is, how successful they are? He's like, well, they're a great advertiser for us, but no, not really. As it turns out, Rocket Mortgage is actually number one in the United States of America in market share. It is ahead. It has a bigger business than Wells Fargo. So, what I can tell you, since we've read a lot of Rocket Mortgage ads over the last year or two, I can tell you that if you've not already worked with them, or maybe you were a little bit dubious, like, what is that up and coming brand that they're advertising at the Motley Fool? Rocket Mortgage, what is that? Turns out these guys are the number one player in the United States of America. And I think a lot of Motley Fool members have had a good experience with them. I would encourage you to consider that, too. And on a side note, Dan Gilbert has kept that company private, and I believe he owns the majority of it. And that's why Dan Gilbert is not just Forbes 400, I think he's like top 100 
The man is loaded. He's also a gracious and enjoyable person to hear interviewed over a luncheon. And we also want to thank this week Audible for supporting this podcast. For our audience, Audible is offering a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. Just go to audible.com slash fool or text fool to 500-500 and browse its unmatched selection of audio content. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. In fact, I was happy to note last week's mailbag, as you may have heard, one of our correspondents talking about how pleased he was with his experience with Audible, which he first heard about through this podcast. I'm delighted to know that. Audible members get a credit every month that's good for any audiobook, regardless of price, and unused credits roll over to the next month. So if you didn't like your audiobook, you can exchange it, no questions asked. Again, get a free audiobook with a 30-day free trial at audible.com fool or text fool to 500-500. That's A-U-D. I-B-L-E dot com slash fool or text fool to 500-500. All right. And now five more stocks to feed the new bear market. I'm so glad that I'm able to recommend companies right in the teeth of what's happened over the last week or so. And as always, the stocks that I'm picking, I'm doing for the next three plus years at a minimum. So whether we've had a good one or even two-year run, as we talked about earlier in the show, doesn't matter that much to me. We're playing the long game here at The Motley Fool and as Rule Breakers. I'm going to switch up, though, the traits that I'm using for this set of stocks. I'm still going to stay with low risk. That feels good to me in down markets. But I'm going to go to the biggest of the big low-risk companies in our portfolio. It very likely means you will not see anything like the returns that patient, faithful, long-time listeners have enjoyed in Stocks to Feed the Bear Market of past podcasts. There's no way that the five companies I'm about to share with you could multiply in the same way that a company like IPG Photonics, or even better, Mercado Libre, has done so. In fact, I was looking at a list of smaller companies using the same traits that I picked two years ago, and the short list of companies had several of the ones that we've already covered. So if I use the exact same attributes, I would repick Carter's. I would repick Ellie Mae and Planet Fitness. One of the reasons I wouldn't be repicking Mercado Libre is when a stock almost quadruples, it's no longer going to have the market cap to stay as a small cap company. But anyway, so a lot of the companies would just be repicked. That's why I thought it would be more fun to have a fresh list of five new stocks for you. And these are all companies with market caps of 150 billion or more. So the smallest of these is at least 30 times larger as a company with its market cap than any of the companies I picked two years ago. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time explaining or previewing these companies for you. I'm going to give you the short list pretty quickly because most of us already know these companies and what they do. Alphabetically, then, stock number one to feed the bear market is Apple. I bet you've heard of it. I just spent a happy hour and a half or so in the Apple store last week getting my iPhone replaced. My iPhone X had developed a scary, strong pink line right down the center from top to bottom. And I was happy to say that Apple said, it's still under warranty. And here you go, Mr. Gardner. You do have to wait an hour, though, which was kind of a bummer. But in the Apple store, if you do what I do, you just start walking around and you just buy stuff. So I started buying more stuff in the Apple store. It was a brilliant strategy. It may work on other customers besides just me. Anyway, Apple. Stock number two, Amazon. Again, I bet you've heard of it. 
This is a great company to own through all markets. And as wonderful as Amazon has been, looking backward, all that really matters is what happens going forward from here. And I like Amazon to beat the market next three plus years. Stock number three. This one is third alphabetically with its ticker symbol, G O O G, but it is first alphabetically with its name. Because G O O G these days is rocking the corporate name of Alphabet. And so, yes, Alphabet is another one of those massive companies that has done so well. And yet, ask yourself who's going to win over the next 5, 10, 15 years? Do you think the company that has spread itself out into lots of different businesses probably spends more R&D and takes more risks than any other company at that scale that I can think of? Do you think they're going to beat the market as the world increasingly adds AI to all kinds of products and services and surrounds us with better intelligence? Pretty sure Google's going to do well, and since that's the crown gem of the alphabet crown, I feel really good about Alphabet stock next three plus years, bear market or not. Stock number four. This company is the worldwide leader treating diabetes. It is not an American company. In fact, it is based, I'm going to butcher this word. Anytime you spell a word B A G S V A E R D, you're going to put me in a bad place. But let's go with Bogsfjord, Denmark. And the company is Novo Nordisk. The ticker symbol is NVO. As I share it with you, I see the stock trading just above $48 a share. That tips the market cap scales at $122 billion. Novo Nordisk, I first picked for Motley Fool Stock Advisor in September of 2015. It's up 6%. Bad news, though. The market's up about 50%. So this stock pick of mine is already 44 percentage points behind the market. But here we are. It's a new day. It's the next five stocks to feed the bear market, and I'm putting Novo Nordisk on that list, expecting better things in the three-plus years ahead. And finally, stock number five. We're staying outside U.S. borders for this one as well. The ticker symbol is T-C-E-H-Y. It is one of our more recent picks. We picked this in Motley Fool Rule Breakers in September of last year. Stock's up 24% so far against the market's about 5% return. So, Tencent Holdings has been a solid pick for Rule Breakers. The company is one of the largest internet companies in the world. The WeChat mobile chat service dominates China. If you're a Chinese Rule Breaker listener, you already know WeChat. Even if you're not a Chinese Rule Breaker listener, you may well have heard of WeChat. For a country that uses its mobile phones to do way more things than we in the US have so far used our mobile phones to do, to pay for almost everything, to add new forms of convenience to our lives. Chinese consumers and Chinese investors are pretty happy with Tencent Holdings and WeChat, among other things. All right, there you have it. The next five stocks to feed the bear market. Closing it out, it was Apple, Amazon, Alphabet, Novo Nordisk, and Tencent Holdings. And that's what I had for you this week. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed bringing it to you in a good market or a bad market. That's what we do here at Rule Breakers. We just keep investing, finding great companies, and trying to buy as much of them as we can and hold them over time. Next week, we have a special guest, Kevin Kelly, the co-founder of Wired. I'm going to be interviewing him at the Motley Fool One conference in San Francisco. And that, that experience, I will share with you directly through this podcast next week. His book, The Inevitable, is my topic. If you've not already read The Inevitable, and you want to try it maybe with an Audible audiobook in the next week or so, that's great 
prep reading for the interview you'll hear next week. It's an outstanding book about the future 12 technological forces that will shape our future. In the meantime, full on. As always, people on this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Learn more about Rule Breaker Investing at rbi.fool.com.